Good afternoon, everyone. James Hicks here from Hicks New Media. Welcome to another edition of Perspectives in Focus, where we talk to the people, the industries, and the ideas that are making positive strides within our society today. Today, we have some key executive members from leadership from BioRestorative Therapies. I've got Lance Alstott, the chairman and CEO. Uh, he joined the company back in 2020 with a background really stemming from an extensive experience in operations, strategy, raising capital, and in mergers and acquisitions. Mr. Alstott is also the founder of Medvest Capital Corporation, which is an advisory and capital firm that's focused exclusively within the healthcare sector. We also are fortunate to have Mr. Francisco Silva, who is uh, the vice president of research and development, and he's been with the organization since April of 2011. Mr. Silva is responsible for all laboratory operations and is involved in the development and the growth of the company's stem cell programs. Biorestorative Therapies, the company, which will be the focus of today's discussion, is committed to developing and, deliver, and delivering therapies that address the unmet needs and increase the quality of care for patients with highly prevalent conditions. It's going to be a fantastic conversation. If you have any questions for these gentlemen, please put a cue in front of it, and we will try to get to those as as quickly as possible. But without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let me bring on these two fantastic gentlemen. Mr. Alstott, Mr. Silva, good to James, see you guys. Thanks. Nice to see you. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I, I know it's it's cold over there in, in New York right now. So I, I'm here in California guy. I'm over here probably, I don't tell you, I'm wearing shorts and a t-shirt. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's the holiday season. A lot of a lot of love and a lot of warmth, no matter it is. where you are. It, it, it is. You know, I, I want to be uh, cognizant of your time and I want to be I want to make sure that we save enough time for for your dialogue, your conversation and for anyone who, who chimes in on the various channels that we're multi streaming on. So let me go ahead and, and start with this. I, I gave the high level of both of you in terms of your roles with the organization and also gave kind of a high level of what the organization in and itself does. But Lance, can you go into who you are a little more deeply and then talk uh, specifically about biorestorative therapies? Sure. I'm a, um, I'm a husband, I'm a father, I'm a brother, I'm a dad. Um, I've got a great family. And uh, as it pertains to biorestorative, um, I think all of that's very relevant because we think of our organization as a bit of a family. Um, we've been through a lot over a long period of time where what seems like a long time, even though it was only about uh, 14 months at this point. But um, I, uh, my background is, is in investment banking. I was a career investment banker for 23 years. Um, I started a healthcare fund, as you mentioned, MedCap. Um, and um, what we do there is we find really interesting emerging technologies across many different sectors within healthcare, from services to medical technology and biopharma, et cetera. And we come in and we try to make an investment where we can really add value in terms of uh, operational, strategic, um, managerial, what have you. And that's kind of how I came about um, biorestorative. I had a very lar long career working as an advisor to some of the top spine companies um, in the world. Some companies like Medtronic and Zimmer and Stryker and Nuvasiv and Globus and others. And those are companies that make spine devices, instrumentation goes into your body for a whole host of reasons. Mm -hmm. And um, I came upon this technology that was extremely desirable, but very early on in the process. And it was a sector that I personally felt would evolve over time as the need to regenerate um, one's own body through the best sources of one's own body mm. um, and uh, getting away from some of the instrumentation and some of the devices and some of the procedures that just quite frankly were um, unacceptably not working as well as, um, as they should have based on clinical trials. So, um, so I, I found this technology with my partner, Francisco Silva. And um, I thought that the company had tremendous potential, but was held in a shell that was um, 
very disorganized and dysfunctional in terms of its capital structure, its organization, where it traded, how it traded, the composition of its shareholders. And the goal was, let's really unlock the value that's associated with this technology. Mm. Um, let's, let's, let's get it out of its current environment, which was somewhat toxic, meaning it had this really col collapsible capital structure with what's called convertible toxic notes mm. that create some sort of a death spiral approach. So the goal was let's clean this up. Let's um, put it onto an exchange where it's more nationally recognized and let's get it out of bankruptcy. Because when I found the technology, it was within bankruptcy. It was, it was unclear whether it was going to go into a chapter 11 bankruptcy or a wow. chapter seven bankruptcy, which would be a liquidation. Right. So we, we got organized, Francisco and I, we got organized. We um, found some very helpful and friendly investors to work with us. We raised some capital. We reorganized the entire company. We went through the judicial process and we were able to um, pick the, you know, the chapter 11 process and get it approved and become effective on November 16th, 2020. So just over a year ago, we were a company that was in bankruptcy, emerged from bankruptcy with a, with a, with a pretty decent size amount of cash on our balance sheet with a, um, with a vision and a purpose to really develop our, um, our technologies through the regulatory pathway, which is the FDA and go through a clinical trial in order to validate what we believe is paradigm shifting technology. Fantastic. I, I appreciate that, that dialogue. And, and Francisco, I'm, I'm going to let you, you chime in as well. But I, I, again, I, I don't want that to be overlooked, overstepped and, and taken for granted. The fact that you went from such a, I'm going to say dire point or, or from, from one particular position within the organization and in a relatively short period of time became, I'm going to say cash flow positive, be, be, no longer facing bankruptcy. Right. And now actually also listed on the stock exchange. Talk to us a little bit about that that activity, those efforts. Right. Again, because because that's that takes a lot of coordination and you're coming in relatively new to the to the team, Lance. Right. Again, how do you move and motivate and how, how do you convince folks that may have been at the organization for a longer period of time that the direction you want to go is the right direction? Right. I think that was the easiest part of the job. I mean, okay. um, guys like guys like Francisco and other people within the organization very much believed in the science. And this is who we are. We are molecular biologists with really great technology that just needed to be funded and put in the right capital structure in order for us to move forward and do what we do best, which is executing and bringing um, clinical products to market. So um, I think what the previous management team was challenged to do was exactly that. They were kind of stuck in this capital structure with these really toxic um, convertible notes in an over-the-counter environment. And they needed just a little bit of expertise and leadership to come in and say, you know, our goal and our mission in order for us to be successful and validate this technology through the FDA process is to raise the requisite funds to do that. And in order to raise those funds, well, we had to really tear down the walls mm. from the ground up. And I mean, to use the expression, we had to really blow up the building and start from the dirt and build it up one step in front of the other and make sure that we're in a position to do it right, to do it clean, to do it above board and to do it in a transparent way for our shareholders and for everyone else um, uh, around our company, i.e. our vendors, our professional service people, um, everyone that's in our ecosystem as it relates to biorestorative need to understand what our mission was. And we weren't gonna stop until we got there. So um, we, when, we, when we came into this company post-bankruptcy and we emerged, we were um, we weren't current with our with our SEC filings. Okay. We had to become current with two 10Ks, 
about um, six, 10 cues. So we became current all within six months, the level of brain cells that we had to commit to do that. <laughs> and, and the amount of um, hard, long conversations we had to do with our professional service advisors were tremendous, but we did it. It takes most companies, you know, a couple of years in order to get something like that accomplished. So we're very proud of the work that we did, the execution that we did. Um, but it's a, it's a much bigger story than just the basic blocking and tackling. It's gotcha. all about the fact that we've now raised the requisite funds in order to complete our phase two clinical trial in order to prove that our spine technology, which is one of two programs that we're focused on, um, is in fact superior relative to um, other competitive technologies and quite frankly, safe and efficacious relative to the, um, the, the issue that's out there that's um, crippling a lot of people that, that are un, um, unable and incapable of really living the lifestyle that they desire to live. Awesome. Awesome. Francisco, how are you going to follow that up then? Right. So, so now I'm, I'm going to ask you to, to describe to, to everyone you and, and your role within the organization. You know, it's going to be tough to, to you know, follow Lance there on, on what he said. But if, if you don't mind, sir, if you could tell the folks your role within uh, biorestorative and again, uh, the, the things that you focus on on, on a day to day basis. Great. Again, uh, thanks a lot, James. Um, so I've been with the company since 2011, so I've been here the longest. I'm a developmental biologist by training. And one of the things that um, having been here the longest and seeing the process of uh, developing the programs and growing them and taking them from a very basic point of view of uh, lab experiments uh, and then ultimately translating them, uh, getting all the documentation, the regulatory approvals, um, to file the IND was really a, you know, a tremendous work in itself, um, you know, prior to the bankruptcy. Uh, keep in mind that, you know, we have a phase two approved trial for BRTX100 um, without ever having to undergo a phase one clinical trial. Um, and that's just, again, strategy that we were able to, you know, muster internally with uh, developing the program by using um, the prior human experience that <clears throat> we were able to, to use uh, with the program. Um, to take it to the FDA, which uh, demonstrated safety and, and a, at least a signal of efficacy in terms of, you know, the product working. So that was really exciting, um, you know, for, for me as a scientist uh, to see that, you know, something that we're creating in the lab could actually be used in humans and to treat. Um, and I think that's one of the things that has really attracted me so much into, into the field um, is really understanding that the things that we do in the lab, um, it's very powerful. Mm. Um, ultimately, mm. you know, that those are the things that get uh, translated and become tools for the physicians who use them to treat people. Um, and currently right now we see that with the pandemic. So the doctors didn't save, um, you know, the, you know, society from the pandemic. It was the scientists who actually saved. I like that. Society. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because mm. they are the ones who developed the technology um, and took it to the next step. So it, it, it's it's really refreshing to see that you know, our jobs and our roles have a huge impact, um, not just for the companies we work for, but for society as a whole. Uh, and so that's that's really exciting. And and, <clears throat> and I've had many opportunities to leave my position and, and you know, and seek other um, opportunities. And uh, I have never done that. You know, it's something that I, I truly believe in this project. And um, I'm very confident that, you know, once we initiate the trial that you know, we were going to be able to see some very good positive clinical outcomes that will drive uh, the company forward to develop additional programs. I appreciate that. And I appreciate your, your statement about uh, following and maintaining the science aspect. Right. Because a lot of times we'll, we'll get caught up in 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 noise or we'll, we'll get caught up in, in, in other types of rhetoric. But when we're dealing with something specifically like like a pandemic or, or like uh, stem cell research and, and, and the items that, that you're focusing on, it's it's really those folks that are behind the scenes with the white jackets on, you know, from from a science perspective that are really going to help us get above over and through some of these hurdles that, that we're facing right now so again i wanted to just restate on, on that piece right there um last a question came in just now through from, from the, the community and it was in relation to um your ability we talked about it again your ability to, to move the, the company quickly from a bankruptcy perspective to 
where you are today. And I want I wanted to actually bring this up. This is an interesting statement here. So with your experiences, do you see a number of companies in biospace within OTC struggling with uplisting from toxic debt and and mismanagement rather than a lack of ability to provide proof of concept? So because, again, it seems like what you've done, what you've been able to do in such a short period of time is abnormal. But it's abnormal, but in a good way, right? Again, it doesn't seem like uh, as many other organizations who may be going through what what other other turbulence that they're going through is becoming as fortunate and as successful as you are. If you didn't want to uh, elaborate on that, um, in the in the spirit of just piling on to your to the theory that that you know we were led by the science, I will I will funnel that through to that question as well because I think whether you're over the counter or you're Nasdaq or wherever you're listed, whether it's a national exchange or, or a smaller exchange, if you have a good product or if you have good science and you have good technology and you have good people around the company, um, the sky is the limit. There really aren't any limitations. It's just a matter of having the skill set, the expertise and the leadership to um, understand where you want to go and what direction. There are a lot of benefits from a disclosure perspective being over the counter. Um, but I think if you want to really maximize your capital markets experience and get in touch with as many investors as possible and share with the community um, the excitement and passion that you have uh, with respect to your company. I mean, that's why we chose what we did. We could have stayed over the counter. We could have kept that capital structure. I don't think it would have done well for anyone. And I don't think we would have been able to raise the requisite funds in order to accelerate our programs or even get into our trial. Mm. Um, and I think that our technology is so important for humanity because it has so many different applications. I mean, spine is just the tip of the iceberg. We're talking about the entire um, orthopedic system, um, whether it's shoulders, hips, knees, any vascular zone within your body in the future, we will be able to bring this technology into that into that area and have those capabilities. So this is too important just to keep it, you know, very selfishly on one small exchange. Um, so I think if you have the underlying fundamental uh, product or service or technology um, you have really an unlimited access to whatever exchange or whatever capital you want. It's just about having the right level of expertise to get there. I love it. I love it. There are there's commentary going on behind the scenes. Again, I'm not sure if you see it. I haven't brought them on the screen yet, but the community is, is, is dying to have these conversations because, because, again, what you've done right and had those hard conversations and made those hard decisions and, and been successful up to this point. So kudos to you on, on that. Let's go ahead and get into uh, kind of the the prime initiatives, the prime programs that, that you have over at Biorestorative. And I know one is focused on, like you say, the disc and the spine therapies. And you've got another one that's being uh, focused on cell-based uh, metabolic therapy. So if you can go into the BRTX 100 and, and then uh, thermal stem as well, that'd be fantastic. Sure. Francisco, do you want to talk a little bit yeah, about at sure. a high level what, what we're doing? Yeah. So <clears throat> BRTX 100 is our lead clinical candidate. Um, it's uh, approved by the FDA currently right now for a phase two uh, trial. Um, it's a, a randomized double-blind placebo-controlled trial as well, so it involves 99 patients. We're targeting um, starting the trial in Q2 of the coming year. Uh, currently, right now, the main advantage really that it has that, that I'm really excited about is, is the fact that it's, uh, it's mesenchymal stem cells. And there's no question about whether stem cells have therapeutic value. They do. They've been around for a while. And we've seen a lot of successes and as well as a lot of failures that have uh, helped us really and guide us forward in how to uh, better design the trial or better um, design the manufacturing of the product, um, ultimately to get into humans. Uh, one of the key things that we have with the product is that it's cultured and engineered under a low oxygen environment, which basically allows the cell to survive the disc, uh, which is extremely, extremely toxic. Um, it has very little blood flow. So even if you have the best cell product in the world, if you inject it into the disc and um, it basically goes into shock, the cell will not survive and ultimately not be able to provide a therapeutic um, output for for you know for the patient post transplantation. So it really makes no sense to inject the cell that's not going to survive, 
and that's what we've done. We've, we've, we've basically engineered a cell that is hypoxic resistant. So it's resistant to the low oxygen tension within the disc um, and has uh, a lot of ability to uh, cause an anti-inflammatory effect, which is one of the key uh, factors in the disc that when it's uh, degenerated that causes uh, this chronic inflammatory response in the body. Uh, so that that being our, our lead clinical uh, product, we're really excited in 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 having the the, the trial start in uh, Q2 of 2022. Our other program, it's um, basically it's. But just, uh, but, but I'm sorry, just to be clear, the, the the product itself is for patients that have chronic lower back pain, and uh, for the purpose of our trial, we're we're looking at patients that have a single level. Um, issue Correct. with respect to their lower lumbar part of their spine. So your, you know, your lower back okay. and, you know, it could be, you know, a bulging disc. It could be, you know, something it's, it, it doesn't necessarily have to show up on, um, on, uh, on, on the, uh, on the imaging. It just has to be some painful environment that is causing the, the, the patient to be unable to go to work in the morning, pick up their grandchildren, play in their men's league hockey game or their basketball game, yeah. just the day-to-day -day lifestyle that we all should expect coming out of. And, and this doesn't pertain to just, you know, people that are above 65 years old. These are people that are in their 20s and 30s and 40s. We've had professional athletes who have inquired about this product and want to be <clears throat> participants in our clinical trial. And the trial that we're undergoing is a randomized perspective double-blinded controlled trial, which is the very, very most elite, most highly acceptable trials within the scientific community. Yeah, this is this is the gold standard in terms of clinical trial design. And just to um, emphasize a little bit on the point on, on, on uh, what Lance mentioned on the single disc disorder, yeah. that's extremely yeah. important and shouldn't be overlooked. Uh, most people that have degenerative disc, they have more than one. And even though you might be able to treat one of the discs, the other disc will generate pain. Mm. And that, mm -hmm. could, that can cause a lot of noise when you look at the data. So the data is going to be a little bit all over the place. And, and you can design trials to be able to address that issue. But in order to make the data as clean as possible, we decided to only look for patients um, and include them in a trial that have a single disc. Um, disorder. So that that does impact the recruitment rate, how fast the recruitment is done, but we've already addressed those issues as well. So we believe that this trial is really going to be very clean in terms of the data readout and showing that the improvements are actually related to the actual product itself being injected into the disc. Let, let me ask about uh, this, and, and you're bringing up questions, and I see folks in the, in the community asking as well. Uh, you know, the origination, I guess, of this of this ailment within folks. Does it matter if it was an ailment that they were born with, or something from a workman's uh, you know, happened on the job, something that happened in, in sports league, or something? Are, are there mm. prerequisites? Right. So, so this is yeah. So that's a good question. This is not um, intended. The, the trial is not intended to treat patients who have a genetic disorder that okay. leads to a degenerative disc disease. Um, this is more mechanical, um, which again makes it a lot easier to treat because it's, it's essentially, it's, it's like fixing a flat tire. Um, and, and that's what the cells and, and, and the product is actually doing. It's, it's really mechanical changes um, that, are, that are happening in the disc um, that are not genetically related. Okay, gotcha. And I appreciate you for going into specifics on that because I, I had I had questions about that as well. So so that's the the BRTX one hundred side of the house. I, I look at what what BioRestorative is doing. It's really a fork in the road. You've got you, you got that, and then you've got the uh, the thermal stem side, and and that's the uh, from a layman's perspective, from a guy sitting in the back of the room, that's the brown fat. Correct. Okay. <clears throat> awesome. Awesome. So let, let's let's dive into that a little bit because because selfishly. I'm, I'm incredibly interested in, in hearing that and some of the advancements that you guys are doing on, on that end. Yeah, so the, the, the DISC program is, it, it's really, um, uh, it's, it's awesome, it's great. I, I love the fact that, you know, we're, we're in a phase two that, that we were able to convince the, the FDA that we don't have to do the phase one and go directly into the phase two um, that we're gonna start next year in, in you know, first in man studies, uh, be a clinical stage company, that's fantastic. Um, but I think really for me, what I'm most excited about in the future clinical development of the company and the programs 
is really the brown fat aspect of it. And I think that's the very high impact. Um, it has tremendous um, value um, in terms of the therapeutic potential of the cells. Um, we have extremely well um, protected intellectual property portfolio. Um, that, that's all related, it's all homegrown, um, both in the US and XUS. Um, I think last year we had, uh, or this, this year still, um, in 2021, we had six issued patents um, related to the technology. Uh, the program is allogeneic, meaning it's off the shelf. Uh, we're using an encapsulation system to basically take stem cells. We differentiate them um, into the cells that are involved in regulating your metabolic activity in the body. And then that is being transplanted into patients who are suffering from uh, metabolic disorders such as type 2 diabetes um, that ultimately have, you know, tremendous impact on the life expectancy of the patients. And this is why this is such a high-impact um, uh, technology because it doesn't, you know, unlike the disc that's really related to quality of life and socioeconomic changes, you know, that allow you to go to work, the thermostem is really impacting your life expectancy. It's something that could actually you know, help you live longer if we could develop the therapeutic on it. Um, and again, we've been pioneering the technology um, since 2011. We have great collaborations with academics um, at, at different institutions. Um, and, you know, our cells have been sent to third-party labs for validation. We've published with it very well. So, you know, this is really, I think, um, you know, once we get the clinical trial started for BRTX100 and basically you know, push it off into into its its kind of um, uh, pipeline of, of development and from the clinical side of it, we could turn our focus in pushing um, the thermostem program or the brown fat program to be into the clinical uh, setting just as the BRTX uh, 100 program is right now. Yeah, so the goal, James, in 2022 is to have two clinical programs um, all working at the same time. So right now it's just BRTX 100. Uh, we still have a lot of wood to chop as it relates to brown fat, but uh, 2022 is really the breakout year. Awesome. And in Correct. terms of um, participation, right, with, within these trials, within, within these uh, uh, analyses and things of that nature, are, is there a way that folks who are suffering from various ailments can actually participate in some of these trials or, or has that already been an identified group? No, so so um, starting a clinical trial, it's not an easy process. There's a mm. lot of moving parts. There's a lot of there's you know hundreds of people that are involved in, in getting this program started for us. Um, if you're a patient or someone that's suffering from uh, a disc disorder, um, what you can do is you could go to you know your your clinic or your doctor, um, and they could search and look for clinical programs that are that are out there that are um, available for for treatment, which is you know one of us will be will be our program. Um, then they could refer you to actually apply for the clinical trial, and you submit your information. If you follow the uh, inclusion criteria um, and don't meet any of the exclusion criteria, then you could potentially participate as a candidate for um, for the program. Got you. Got you. That makes sense. Let me let me ask this, because we're getting into the weeds in, in a good way. Right. Because we've got folks that are watching and, and listening right now who are are in need of these therapies today. Right. And uh, I'm going I'm to bring this particular question up right here. We've got someone uh, you stated you could help other body parts. He's been through reconstructive ACL surgery. Could be RTX have helped with, with something of that as well. Yes, potentially it could. It, it could. Um, the cell, again, it's a stem cell. Um, just in general terms, I mean, we're using a mesenchymal stem cell isolated from bone marrow. Mm. Um, so if you just search clinicaltrials.gov, you know, you'll find, you know, mesenchymal stem cells from bone marrow, and you'll find, you know, a couple hundred clinical trials out there that are related to, you know, other indications outside of the disc. So, you know, this could potentially be used for other other applications. Obviously, we have to stay laser focused to, you know, accomplish the phase two clinical trial. But, you know, we do have a product pipeline. This is not just, you know, the two products we have. We have additional um, programs that are not, have not been publicly disclosed uh, that we're working on that are that are part of our part of product uh, pipeline portfolio that will be launched um, later this year for, to the public. 
Awesome. If you look at our if you look at our whiteboards behind closed doors, you'll see you said two forks in the road. Yeah. Those plat those are two platforms. Those platforms have multiple tributaries and applications that we want to go in a variety of different directions, which will take time and obviously more capital raised in order to accommodate that. But um, the technology we are very um, proud of in the sense that it's truly platform technology with multiple applications in different in different areas. And, um, and, and, and that's true for both programs. So so we're pretty excited about that. Um, and speaking of the phase two clinical trial um, at 401 this afternoon, we announced that we reached an agreement with our clinical research organization. So the trial from the standpoint of you know, formally initiating has now begun. So we're really excited about that. And um, like I said, there is a lot of wood to chop in terms of um, getting that from signing the agreement into the first patient in to recruiting mm -hmm. our clinical sites and all these other meaningful fundamental catalysts that are gonna be talked about in the, um, in the upcoming months as it pertains to the trial. And, and that's really where we want our friends and our and our and our family and our and our um, and our like I said our ecosystem to focus is what are we going to do within the next 12 months? What are those key catalysts that are coming down the line um, as it relates to both programs? That's exciting. So congratulations on, on that right there. That that's definitely good good news. You you guys have been making it happen huh, this this year already. Well, we wanted to use your your platform, James, and your audience. Uh, we we're so fortunate to have. Uh, you invite us to uh, to have this venue to kind of talk about these types of things. So we really appreciate it. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you guys as well. And staying laser focused, staying staying uh, on the uh, on the mission that you have, I think also addresses and answers this question here that came from Mr. Mark Jones. You know, we have BRTX 100 and ThermalStim. Are, are there more coming down the pipeline in, in the near future? And I think you kind of talked about that right now, right, with that proverbial fork in the road of of let's stay, let's get what we're doing now right. And, and let's make sure yeah, that we, so, we bring so we provide have, value. Yeah, we have we have other programs that have not been disclosed publicly. The hmm. the only other program that we haven't made a lot of noise about that has been disclosed is related to the uh, thermal stem program, but not to treat metabolic disorders. Hmm. Um, hmm. It's because of the fact that since we have an allogeneic stem cell from there, the cell can actually be used to as an off-the-shelf product to treat multiple indications outside of the metabolic disorder. And that's one of the things that we're aggressively pushing. Um, well, we have been pushing for about two years. Uh, but now that we're funded and capitalized, it, 2022 is going to be pretty exciting for that program since we're really going to be targeting um, um, areas uh, outside of the metabolic disorders, potentially um, uh, pulmonary issues that are related to COVID. Um, these are, it's a big thing right now. You know, one of the things that, um, you know, obviously the infection rates are, are skyrocketing. It's all over the place. Um, you know, thankfully the, the vaccines are, are, are out there and, you know, other treatment options, but even if you're vaccinated, you know, we still don't understand the full mechanism and, 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 and long-term effects of having been infected and, and, and um, with, with COVID. Uh, so there's going to be a lot of long haulers. Um, mm. And one of the things that we're developing is a program to target that. And I think that, and that, that again, we're not the only company. There's, there's a, I think, three other players out there that are, that are targeting um, ARDS or long haulers related um, issues to, due to COVID. So our cell has that ability. And that's going to be a big push for us in 2022 to get it into the clinic. That's good information. No, I want to touch on that in a second, talking about who else is kind of in the field, kind of doing similar uh, activities. But one, one thing that I thought about um, and someone else asked as well, Quint, thank you for asking this question. You know, sh should trials go as planned or even better? Do you plan to have talks with sports leagues and or unions such as nurses? Right. Just different types of, of applications. Right. For for the thermal stem. I, I, th I think about uh, fitness supplements and things of that nature. Again, I'm third person looking in. I'm talking from the back of the room. But but just again, there's so many different opportunities and possibilities with the science, with the technology and what you what, where you're going, that something like even this question could be something irrelevant for for you as well. Did you want to comment? It's a great. Yeah, it's a great question. And it's um, it's it's something that we have done in the past and we continue to do. Um, we, we continue to explore 
all um, all strategic options and have conversations with a whole host of folks, uh, including professional sports teams um, in professional leagues. Um, sometimes the league approaches us, sometimes the sports team or sometimes the athlete approaches us. Mm. It just depends. It seems like it's somewhat unorganized uh, from from them coming to us perspective, but we're happy to speak to everybody. Um, and, and, th and these folks are looking to either get involved in our trial, to learn more about our company, to see how they can participate in the development um, so that we do get the opportunity to validate this technology so it does become applicable mm. to their athletes. Um, we have MMA fighters who are highly interested in the regenerative nature of what we're doing. And we've had multiple conversations there. Um, we've even directed people into certain clinics outside the U.S. that could potentially be helpful to them that use a derivation of our technology that has proved to be very safe and efficacious. So um, to answer the question, which is a great one, we explore these conversations all the time. We're very grateful that we have a robust demand for what we're doing. It's just a matter of now prosecuting um, our regulatory pathway and getting through it so that these products now become commercialized gotcha. and that we can you know, take it to that next level of execution. Gotcha. And see, the focus is always for, for me and folks who have been to any of my sessions has always been on the story, been on the science, been, been on the factual piece. We, we've talked about that. We're going to talk a little bit more about that. But that what we just talked about just now, different means of uh, uh utilizing your technology and, and in a way that also addresses and answers the folks that are looking at that stock ticket right right below mr silver right now right because they're seeing forward momentum forward progress within the organization you have a goal you have a roadmap you you have different things that you're working on to, to prove the longevity of the organization Right. Showing your worth, showing your value and what I like to call the what's in it for me. So I wanted to make sure that we touched on all of those aspects. Right. Spend 80 percent of the time talking about the company, you, uh, the principles and, and the initiatives that you're working on. But then allow folks who are vested in the organization from a financial perspective to say, you know what? Alstott and Silva have this under control and they are moving forward in, 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 a, in a, an effective direction. So. Again, don't want to ever assume anything and want to have those types of conversations. So I'm glad that we got into that just a little bit as well. Lance, I, I, I touched on and wanted to talk about competitors, um, other organizations that are doing similar, if not different. Uh, definitely don't want to throw anyone on the bus. Don't want to mention names or anything of that nature. But, you know, where, where do you see bio-restorative, you know, in the, in the overall landscape of, of therapeutic uh, technologies and things of that nature? Sure. I mean, look, I think this is a somewhat of a nascent industry in terms of gene and cell therapy. Um, 2021 was a sort of a breakout year with more than uh, 1300 gene and cell therapy candidates in development. Uh, most of those were for oncology. But as we look at 2022, we're looking at, you know, a whole host of cell therapies going into clinical trials within the space of orthopedics and metabolics and ophthalmology. So we really feel like we are pioneers within the cell therapy space. Um, we're one of three that are really focused on um, orthopedics. And um, I love the way we're positioned vis-a-vis -vis the other competitors. I think um, we all wish the entire community a tremendous amount of success because I think that bodes well on, uh, on us and for our shareholders. But um, we're very differentiated in terms of our product composition. We are very customized in our approach to how we treat the disc, um, whereas others, I think, are more off the shelf and they have one cell line to treat heart or brain or spine. And they kind of use that one cell to treat multiple different issues within the body, whereas we are specifically designed and customized to treat that particular patient's particular issue within their spine. And I think that's what differentiates us. But but from a from an overall high level um, perspective, cell therapy is um, something that's becoming much more um, obvious, much more um, intuitive to surgeons and patients alike. 
um, people understand that this is the future. Many large hospital organizations and traditional surgical centers that have focused on instrumentation are now creating regenerative medicine um, committees and groups and, and businesses within their organizations because they know that uh, this is really the future for, um, for orthopedic issues. This, this, this hits home with, with a lot of folks and, and resonates because you can see from the varying different comments that are coming in, right? You, you see that this really is, is touching folks individually or touching their family. Uh, and, you know, again, something like, like this statement here from Quint, right? You know, working in long-term care, have seen lots of joints and backs go bad. Less invasive overall would be tremendous. Lots of farmers, ranchers, laborers, et cetera, would also love shorter recovery. So, again, hitting home and understanding the value that's coming from the technologies and therapies that you're providing. So I'm loving the comments. I'm loving them coming in and I'm yeah. loving having you guys respond to. And he's right. Quentin, Quentin is right. I mean, if you not to go and do a history lesson in spine, but spine went from extremely invasive with a lot of trauma to, you know, more minimally invasive with um with with smaller instruments and and now even within robotics but using instrumentation but the problem is that the revision rates still remain unacceptably high and um, in order to get these surgical procedures approved um, doctors and surgeons um, have to go through a whole host of diagnostics in order to get them approved for the payers so the payers are looking for you know added um, um, added diagnostics in or, and from a, from a surgeon's perspective, that just means more time, more cost um, and, and it's and it's and, and it's and the and the and the, the surgical rates are just unacceptably low. Mm. So we need a more elegant, sophisticated solution to get in there without all of the diagnostics, something minimally invasive, without the big recovery rate, um, it, without the big recovery time in order to get back out of the bed um, and something that heals from within using the best part of one's body to heal itself. And we've demonstrated that these stem cells have the capability of doing that. Mr. Silva, I'm, I'm going to ask you to chime in there because you're, you're kind of, again, the man behind the scenes. You know, you're, you're the wizard behind the, the curtain who, who knows at the very yeah, the cellular level, I want to say, of, of what Lance and I are talking about here. But if you don't mind elaborating just, again, the the value of the work, the value of the therapies, the value of what BioRestorative is doing. Well, it's it's tremendous. I mean, it's 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 literally a game changing um, platform that we have for for treating you know, disorders that have a tremendous impact on your day to day um, operations in terms of living. Um, the the disc program, um, it's uh, as, as Lance mentioned, it's it's designed and engineered particularly for the disc. So you know it's not a one size fits all stem cell for every single indication out there. Um, this has been designed and engineered and manufactured in a way that um, the FDA uh, can approve it. Uh, it's designed and manufactured in a way that, that the physician could actually apply it to his patients, which is the end user of the technology, ultimately. Um, and it's designed in a way that the patient who receives the, the, the product is gonna be hopefully receptive and be a responder to, to the treatment. So it's a, it's a really, it's a personalized approach to treat you know, a disorder that, that has a, a, a huge impact on, on, on your day-to-day -day operations and living. Um, so you know, if we could get this in, into, into the clinic and, and, and ultimately get the product approved, I mean, it's going to have a tremendous impact in terms of uh, people's lives. And, and that's something that, like I said, it's a really, uh, it's an honor. It's a big responsibility for, you know, as, as, the, as the leader of the science and the company to, to develop the, the programs and keep it moving. Um, so it's exciting. This is, this is a lot of fun for me. I mean, this is, this is where, you know, I really love to see, uh, you know, my work. Um, you know, I'm very proud of what, what I do. I, I'm good at it and um, I like it. 
It's fun. Awesome. 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 Appreciate that. You know, I bring up the site here. And if there are folks who aren't aware of what the overall organization is doing by restorative therapies, they can definitely come here and take a look and, and, and get the behind the scenes, get the story of the organization uh, of the two, again, guiding principles, the two guiding initiatives uh, that you're working on today. Uh, one thing I also wanted to point out real quickly from from this site, not, not just these two handsome gentlemen right here, not just their pictures, but um, <laughs> Lance, this letter that you wrote, right, to the investment community, uh, this letter that you wrote, yeah, it's, it's directed to the stockholders, but it's also directed to folks who believe in what you're doing. Talk a little bit about the, the statements that you made in here, you know, stepping back and looking back at what you did in 2021 is, 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 needs to be talked about and needs to be re reiterated, but really focusing on what's coming when we turn the calendar year. Yeah, so this is just an approach that we took when we first joined the company. Um, at the end of the year, I put out a shareholder letter last year that said, hey guys, um, the world may feel like um, the, the sky is falling, hmm. but we're very determined to make this work. And we have a, a very thoughtful and deliberate set of strategic goals that we want to accomplish this year stay with us, um, help us join arms, lock arms, and, um, and trust that we're going to try to get this done. And, um, and this year it was a different tone. It was a little bit more like, hey, um, we told you what we were going to do. Um, here's what we did. And here's the list of our accomplishments in 2021. We're really proud of it. We exceeded our expectations in terms of what we could actually accomplish within a certain time frame. And it was tremendous. I mean, we, we emerged from chapter 11. We became a current filer with the SEC. We renegotiated all of our key vendor agreements and our professional service agreements. We streamlined the operations. We added six new um, patents um, to our intellectual property portfolio. We filed 10 new patents alone within our um, novel technology related to our uh, BRTX 100. Um, you know, we expanded our manufacturing facility. We, um, uh, you know, expanded our board of directors to include some really high level domain expert expertise gentlemen from large publicly traded companies. We've um, gotten uh, equity research to initiate coverage on our company. We've raised $23 million and we've uplisted onto NASDAQ. I mean, that really is a tremendous amount of effort over yeah. the course of 12 months. So this tone this year, we were very proud to submit a letter to our shareholders, our ecosystem, and really say, hey guys, thanks for trusting us. Here's what we did. And by the way, if you believe in our execution, well, stay with us because next year we've got even more exciting plans. And we've listed a few of them and they were mostly pertaining to all the things that we just talked about, James, with respect to our clinical trial yeah. and accelerating our brown fat program. And, you know, we may have a few other items that are not on this page that um, that will be announced as appropriate. And hopefully we'll have an opportunity to come back on the show Definitely. and talk a little bit about you know more of that. Definitely. And I, I think uh, Nathan Farrington actually said it best. Right. You guys did great. You kept your word all the way through and you were more more action than just dialogue. Right. Because a lot, a lot of times, uh, again, stepping back and being realistic, a lot of times we'll, we'll hear the high strategy right from from an organization and from leadership. But to actually implement and, and act on on the words and do it in such a short period of time, again, should not be overlooked and should not be understated. That needs to be reiterated and, and restated. So kudos to you guys yeah. on that. Thank on you. That. We, um, we, we, we have a tremendous amount of um, satisfaction related to executing and keeping our promises and accomplishing our stated strategic goals. It's just, um, you know, the way, the way we, as a, as, a, as a group, we have a philosophy in our team and it's really, what do we want? Mm. You know, everyone says we we do this, we do we 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 go to work. We no, we we are we we, we actually be okay. We 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 live our um, our our best life within our company um, by receiving optimal satisfaction related to accomplishing all of these goals. We have a mission. We want to commercialize these products, 
And the way to do that is to put one step in front of the other and, and execute on the plan. And everyone is signed up. Everyone's on board. We have tremendous amount of energy in the hallways of our organization day in and day out. It's just a great place to be. I love it. I love it. And, and, and there are times when you have to, you, you being chief scientist, you being chairman of the board, you being CEO, you, you have to make those hard decisions. Right. And, and you can't be 100 percent popular all the time. And, and, I, and I'm going to say that and I'm going to bring this statement up right again. There, yeah. there are folks that are concerned and are asking about that, that movement right from the OTC side. But but again, you have to make those hard decisions. You have to be forward thinking. I don't want to put words in your mouth. But again, the person comes back and says, don't get me wrong. Everything is greatly appreciated. But. No, no one is sitting in those corporate rooms and around those conference tables except for you. And you've got to do what you think is best for the organization. So I, I, I put this, the comments up because I wanted to be very transparent in terms that it's not just yeah. pie in the sky that we're talking about here. We're, we're, talk, we're going to bring out the good, the bad and the ugly and, and want you to see what, what is being said also within the uh, within the community right now. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, we, we appreciate that. And, and I'm sure there are people that have uh, invested in the company that have you know, not done as well as they, ex they, they expected. Uh, from a financial perspective, we think that's one part of the story. Um, you know, we don't think this is a quick flash in the pan. This is a company that we're building. We're building it right. We're building it fundamentally. We are growing our value intrinsically. Um, and, and, you know, while it's hard not to look at the stock price all the time or look at the value that the market wants to attribute to our enterprise, um, what we do is we are operating the business and we have our stated goals and we're executing on those goals. And we believe that in time, those goals, when realized or when that technology is validated, that value will be unlocked. So um, so we, we, we are sympathetic to um, anyone that doesn't feel great about, you know, their financial commitment and what that's resulted into. We can't control that, obviously, but, you know, we work our, our, our butts off in order to make sure that what we're delivering is a, um, is a gold standard product. I love it. I love it. Two more questions. That was, that was the hardest. Well, that's not, that wasn't the hardest question that you get. The, the, the last one that I'm going to ask you is going to be the hardest question. Uh, this, this one's pretty straightforward and we may have already talked on it a little bit. What's next? Right. What 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 come after Christmas, after Festivus for us old school Seinfeld folks uh, yeah, yeah. after after New Year's? What 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 happens January 2022 at BioRestorative? Well, you know, look, uh, I think today was an interesting announcement with respect to mm -hmm. our um, agreement that we signed with our CRO so we can get right into our trial. I mean, we're really initiating our trial now and we're going to be. Um, recruiting clinical sites across the country. We'll be um, recruiting about 15 or so in the first quarter of 2022. We're gonna be completing our engineer runs uh, with respect to our phase two clinical trial during the first quarter of 2022. Um, we have uh, patient recruitment and first patient into the trial and we have a safety review board at the FDA that we're gonna be um, talking about as time goes on, we're going to be, you know, getting our, our brown fat program into the clinic through submission of an IND. We're going to have a DMF, which is a drug master file, such that we can collaborate with other large strategics with regard to our brown okay. fat program. I mean, there's just so many different um, programs that we're going to be focused on. Um, we're going to be hiring um, some additional leadership to help on our quality and CMC side of our business, people that are very well regarded, that have worked at large um, pharmaceutical companies in the past, names that may be recognized. So, um, you know, we just have a lot going on from a leadership perspective, from an execution and operational perspective. And um, we have a couple of other things that are not kind of on this letter that talks to shareholders that I think will be very uplifting and very um, you know, uh, very strong signals that we're moving this in the right direction. I see. I, I love the, the the smile on Francisco's face because he. See, if I could go take him out and get him drunk, right? You know, right now he he, <laughs> he might spill he's, the beans. But I I, I could tell there, there's something. He's dying. Good. He's 
he's dying yeah. to tell the story, but <laughs> I right. got him on Honestly, this slide. I, mean, I think it's the worst part of, you know, being, um, you know, with a public company is you can't, you know, spill the beans. Um, yeah, he's over there. You know, you're just yeah. itching. I, yeah. I want to, but I, you know, we can't, uh, it, but we're, we're very focused. And, and, and as Lance was mentioning, you know, we have a plan laid out for 2022. Uh, it's laser focused. You know, we, you know, we obviously, um, you know, we want the stock price to move in the right direction, um, but we're focused on the trial. And I think, and that's that's the main thing is getting getting accomplishing that mission, which is something that we've been working extremely hard for a number of years, and we haven't been able to get there. Now, for the first time, we have. You know, we can. And I think, um, you know, once that trial is launched, like I mentioned, the you know we have a product pipeline. BRT is not a two-program company. Um, we have been mm. working on other products. And they are high impact. And um, I believe that 2022 is going to be a good year for us where a lot of these programs are going to be, you know, peel, you know, peeling the onion and seeing what's what, what's what's there, the next layer, moving it forward. So, you know, there's some areas in immuno-oncology that we're interested in that, you know, we're looking at. Um, like I mentioned to you, when one of the key programs that we're going to, uh, you know, uh, target is, you know, COVID-related indications. Um, so we're, we're excited. Awesome. Awesome. Okay, hardest question of the day. You guys are both in New York, right? Yep. Jets, Giants, or Bills? <laughs> well, I'm not going to say because I don't want to be that unpopular. But uh, I'll just say that I grew up in the Northeast, um, the small town outside of Boston. So you know how the sport teams up there are uh, loyal. So yes. I, I will say none of the three that you mentioned fall on my radar okay. except for when we beat them. Oh, Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Well, this is the, but, it's easy, easy for me, James. I'm not a big football fan. So, um, none of the above. Mike, I thought I was going to get you guys with something. <laughs> Look, you know, I, what? That was a hard question. I, before we, before we, uh, leave James, I, I want to thank you very much for giving us this platform to, to tell our story, um, more people should come onto this type of platform with you because you're really able to extract, I think, the essence from a company, its culture, its philosophy, what it's looking to do uh, very well. And I'd also like to thank our shareholders for being with us, some for a short period of time, maybe minutes, others for a long period of time. And uh, we appreciate everyone's loyalty and dedication and, uh, you know, and for believing in what we believe in and what we're so passionate about. And I hope that people see how passionate we are about what we're doing and what we're creating, um, because I think we're going to be saving lives and helping people live longer, healthier, stronger lives. And uh, this is a sector that is just in the very beginning. It's, a, it's actually in its infancy relative to how big and how exciting it will be down the road. Awesome. I appreciate you, sir. I, I appreciate the words. I'm a, a servant to the community. And, you know, when, when it's a great story that needs to be told, I, I want to turn the lights on, press record and give you the opportunity to share that story because you're doing the work that matters. So anytime you want to come to Hicks New Meeting, come on Perspectives and Focus, you have keys to the front door, both of you gentlemen. Um, Thanks so much. We'd love to take you up on that opportunity. Awesome. If you're in New York, Please come by and see the facilities. You heard it here first, right? Lance said, I'm, I'm coming in. I'm, I'm going to be wearing a bio-restorative hat or something or, or some swag, and, and I will definitely speak the good words. Gentlemen, be Excellent. well to yourself. Be, be good. Take care of your family. Take care of yourself. We will see you in the coming months, and thank you again for taking the time to share your story. Great. Thank you. Happy holidays. Thanks, Thanks James.